everybody. Happy Friday. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with PD. We got Sean behind the Mac. Unbelievably, Craig is still in Europe somehow, um, but that's okay because we are very excited to welcome a special guest um, who has actually been on our show before. It's the former Arizona Coyotes Director of Amateur Scouting, Tim Bernhardt. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for having me again. So where are you right now? You're not in Arizona, obviously. So where in the world are you? Yeah, I'm back in Ontario, back in uh, Schaumburg. I uh, enjoyed uh, the uh, Arizona winter, but I do enjoy the uh, Canadian uh, summer. So so just in time, because the weekend, it's going to be 106. Being a snowbird is like yeah. the way yeah, I like, Why can't we, we, should, yeah. we should do the show from Ontario for the rest of the year. I'm down. Sure down. Get this thing moved. Best oh. of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, man. So what have you been up to? Are you just enjoying retired life? Are you, you know, doing any side work? What, what have you been up to as of late? No, absolutely. Join, enjoying uh, uh, retirement and uh, just uh, watch the Stanley Cup play, playoffs. Enjoy that. I enjoy watching the, uh, you know, baseball once the summer starts and that. But uh, yeah, and then just, you know, we travel around uh, Ontario and just uh, Canada for the summer. And uh, we have family out in British Columbia and uh Calgary, Alberta. So we, uh, we do that. And, uh, that's about it. Love it. Well, so I know we're going to talk a lot about the draft. So the draft is two weeks. Will you, will you hunker down in front of the couch with a bowl of popcorn and watch the draft or because it's like the busman's holiday that you don't want to go ride a bus after you've been driving a bus, like you'll just check out the news the next day or how do you approach the draft now? Yeah, real casual, like you say, you know, like, I mean, if it's on, if I'm, if I'm out that night or whatever, I won't really be, I'll watch it afterwards or I'll watch the highlights or whatever. It's, you know, the draft is, it's, it's interesting. There's no doubt about it, but if you're not involved, you don't know the players, it's tough because uh, you don't know the players. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, you're just, you're just like everybody else and you're just, you you know, the names and that's about it. So Take us inside. I mean, you were a scout for years and years and years with this organization and with Dallas as well. Um, it's, t- you know, about 10 days before the draft at this point. The Coyotes are picking 6 and 12. and what's At least it- for now. For now. And what's interesting about this draft versus maybe the Coyotes last year is, like, who they're going to pick at 6 fully depends on what happens 1 through 5. And at this point, I don't think anybody fully knows. So from a scouting perspective, in the, in the room and, you know, with Bill Armstrong, with the scouting staff, like, what's – can you just take us inside what could possibly be going on, how the scouting staff are, is approaching this particular scenario? Yeah, I think they're just getting their own house in order. They're making sure that they have the guys that they want in order and uh they can't really you you can play off of what everybody else is going to do a little bit but you know for instance okay you know one guy's gone for sure Connor Bedard so so there's one guy gone um we don't know I mean it sounds like Adam Fintelli Fintelli will be gone also and then after that I think it's you know so so four names so they're making sure they have four names that they really you know are 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 really solid on and uh of course It'll play out in front of them, and then it'll it'll all uh, it'll all fall into their lap, whichever player uh, they're looking at. Now, you know they're also they're going deeper than that because there might be an opportunity to move back. You know they might have two, three guys that they really like, and they're all available, and uh, the opportunity might come up that uh, somebody phones them and says they'd like the sixth pick, and we'll give you eight or we'll give you nine, and they have to decide then at that point. Like, do we have are these the names that we absolutely, you know 
or would be happy walking away with. We, we know we're going to get one of them if we move back. So that, that's kind of the, the scenario. They're just getting all their ducks in order in that sense. But, to, but like, take it, and you go last year even, when, when we sat here a year ago talking Shane Wright, Shane Wright, Shane Wright, and he's the guy, and he's number one, maybe two, and the Coyotes pick at three, and all of a sudden Shane Wright's there. And we sat watching the draft live going, oh, my gosh, the Coyotes are going to get Shane Wright. And they don't, and they move past him. So is there, when a player like that, that is a preemptive one-two and he's the guy, starts falling to your lap, is there almost a sense of panic? Is like, oh my gosh, this guy's coming. How well do we really like our guy because we didn't think this guy was here? Well, I think they have, you know, like I say, they've done their work and they know that. They they, they were probably prepared that, uh, you know, if, if Shane Wright was there, then they were taking Cooley, you know, like yeah. they had they had it made out that they had him ahead of, him ahead of, uh, Shane Wright, they had done their work. They have spent hours and hours and, uh, you know, between scouting and video and, and interviews and everything. And, and they had come to their conclusion. This is the way we have it. And, you know, consensus are one thing, but uh, that's not the, you know, most of these consensus aren't the scouts that are working for those teams that are picking in those areas that are giving you their opinions because they're not giving you nothing, you know? It's, yeah, and they know, you their... know. You, like, you yeah. know, like we sit here and talk about the media and here's what we think and here... But you guys, you know, like you, you've seen it. You have a good idea of who, who team A, B, and C. We think they're going this way, so we better prepare for this. Yeah, and the top teams, they've done tons of work. Whereas, you know, like the consensus stuff, a lot of it comes from, of course, outside the sources, uh, other, um, uh, you know, scouting uh uh, reports and stuff, but like Bob McKenzie, those, like he gets his information from scouts, but it's not necessarily the scouts that are picking up there. You know, it's right. the scouts that's picking might not even have a first round pick, or they might be picking, you know, in the twenties or something. So yeah, they're 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 willing to let you know what they think at the top end of the draft, but they haven't paid as much attention and they haven't done the work that those teams at the top have done. And so those are the those are the ones that are they're making the picks. So consensus can be whatever it is those are the guys that are making the decisions and they've done the most work on it you know I want to ask you kind of about tiers in the first round because you know we see the prospects get ranked by tiers so like elite you know Connor Bedard maybe Fantilli maybe Carlson and then you go to the next tier and the next tier and it obviously depends on the depth of the year's draft class but you know six and twelve I just feel like they're interesting numbers in your mind like are they in is six and 12, the same tier? Are they different tiers? Like, I'm just curious how, how that works. And if, you know, somebody did call the coyotes, let's just say for six to for eight, like is eight still in that range? I'm just curious, like how differently ranked the guys they're eyeing for six are versus the guys they're eyeing for 12 would be. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, I think that, uh, again, it's going to depend on the team. It's going to depend on the, the Coyotes and their scouting list and how they've how they've built it. And, uh, you know, it's easy to say that us on the outside, again, we don't know the players. We've, we know the names, but we don't know the players. You know, they may have it all, the tiers might be all different for them. And I think, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, they're going to be, when they're, when they're talking at six, they might even have a guy at six that they think, you know what, we might be able to get him at 12. And so they take, they take the, they jump ahead and take like you, you take your best opportunity. It might be like, we're never going to get both these players, not at six and 12, but then you have to get the order of those two players and say, well, if we take this guy at six, you know, we might be able to get the other guy at 12. Whereas if we take this guy at six, there's no way the other guy is going to be available at 12 or even 10, you know, if they want to try and move up or something. So they could have a, you know, a scenario where they like two guys a lot and they have them really close together and they want to try and get both of them. So they try to, 
try to manipulate things and try to work things to, to get both of them. Have you been involved? You talked about trading up or trading down. Have you been on the floor and been involved in that scenario happening where you, where you see things changing right in front of you and you go, gosh, we got to move up to get a guy or I think our guy will still be here. Let's move down. How likely is that with a top 10 pick? Yeah, again, I think at the top 10, you kind of get to that that where you have your eye on a player and you want to get them and you don't really want to take that chance of, of moving back unless it's really close between two players and you, you think you can move back and still get that get one of the two players and you're happy equally happy with one of the two or one of the three let's say then you move, may move back but if they got a, their eye on a guy at six uh you know i don't think they're gonna they're gonna move back to try and uh you know take that chance of getting them at eight or ten or whatever you know i think like you you want to leave if you got your eye on a player you want to leave that draft with that player you know you'd, you'd be so disappointed if you know it didn't turn out the way that you wanted even though you're pretty sure it was even if you're 80 percent sure it's going to happen it's like man if that 20 percent chance that somebody does take them before we get our next pick then you're going to be disappointed so you don't want to leave disappointed i remember talking um to you about this when you were on our show last year about the best player available versus drafting for positional needs. And I think when you look at this draft class specifically, it's very forward heavy, but there are some, you know, good defensive prospects in this draft. So, you know, let's just say at six, they take the best forward and then you get to 12. Do, do you just keep taking the best player available or the coyotes? Like they don't have a ton of defensive depth in their pipeline right now for the future. Like, do you pivot and think, okay, we really need, defenseman and maybe take a defenseman even if they're not like the the highest ranked just skater in general is that a thing that they would do or is it really just about who is best available it is best available but i i tend to think like you are right now i mean i think at 12 i think like if they don't take a defenseman at six and then just the way you look at the the names that are out there it doesn't sound like maybe that's ideal uh, there's not going to be a really a you know top-notch defenseman at six so I would think at 12, they'll, they'll probably take a forward at uh, at six. And then at 12, I would think they'd really have to think hard about not taking a defenseman. It'll have to be a, you know, a forward that they absolutely is not even close to the defenseman because you're right. They, they do need to, to build out their defense of uh, their defensive depth on, on defense. They're just a little bit shy in that area, but uh, I'm sure that, uh, like I say, I'm sure that at, at, at 12, it'll have to be, it would have to be like so clear cut on a forward for them to take another forward. Do you, do you, at this time now, we're talking two weeks away from the draft. Does your, is there a chance their draft list could change and anything change in the next two weeks or are they done and set and here's our list? Is there anything that can change that in these two weeks leading up to the draft? Uh, they got to be pretty close to the, the, the to the way they want it. They got to be pretty close to it now. I mean, um, they may still do a few, uh, you know, a few minor interviews and they might have a few discussions i'm sure they're still having discussion but if it's it's just one or two spots they're not talking about moving a guy five spots or ten spots or something it might be one or two and they're you know there might be digging you know right digging right into two players type of thing to try and see which one they are going to decide uh, upon ahead of the other one you know but uh yeah uh, two weeks out you know you should be pretty darn close to to what you're doing you don't want to panic and start moving things around you know it's it's like you you're sitting on it now and you're just letting it sink in and and uh like i said i think it would only be maybe one or two spots that they would be debating 
On that same vein, the NHL Combine was just last week, and you know they obviously take all the physical measurements, but there's the interview portion as well. And we actually had Brendan Perlini on our show last week, who talked about being interviewed by you specifically <laughs> yeah. um, in those in those draft interviews. So I'm curious, since you've been on the other side, you've been the one leading the interview for a team. What is it that you're looking for? You know, we've heard crazy questions asked, like what, you know, what animal is your spirit? animal? You know, yeah. weird things like that. Or what, what was, when you were the director of amateur scouting, like what was your approach to that? And what were you looking for in an answer? Were you looking for an exact answer or just how they were carrying themselves? I'm just curious from your point of view, what the draft interviews were like. Yeah, I think you had it. You hit it on right there is that, you know, you're just trying to get to know the player. You're trying to put. Uh, and get let him get to know you and, and you're just trying to get to know his you know just a little bit about him his background like his his parents what his parents do you know his, his upbringing his hockey upbringing his, his hockey background and, and what you're really trying to do is um, you're trying to get him to, to, to know you guys and, and we, we were always light with it we always had fun with it we always tried to have some laughs we wanted him to like us we wanted to you know like you're, you're gonna you go to the combine and you're doing let's say 50 60 70 guys you're going to get one or two of them maybe because you only have so many picks and usually guys that get to the combine aren't really your fifth round picks or your fourth round picks. it's usually your top three round picks but so you're going to get one or two of those guys some of them might not of your picks might not be there so you're going to interview 60 or 70 guys and this is your opportunity to let them find out about your your hockey team or your group you know and your your uh organization and, and so you, you want them to leave there going man i want i want to get drafted by that organization you know you don't want to be there's teams that grill these guys and they they they, they ask like the crazy questions and, and the kids talk and you hear the kids will be like you know oh, uh you know such and such a team you, you know that was a terrible you know that was a tough one or that was they, and they didn't enjoy it type of thing you can tell they didn't enjoy it but we wanted to make sure that they enjoyed ours because you never know down the road to leave with a good impression of your organization so for for us it was it was as much of them not interviewing us but them getting to know about us as it was us getting to know about them uh, because we always wanted to leave a good impression and have uh you, know, you never know free agency whatever down the road um and then the players talk so you, so you want them to talk good about your organization so that's that's kind of what we tried to do do you think that's changing now tim like you get sports psychologists doing the interviews we got written questions like we talked about what animal are you or like yeah. is it getting to the point for some teams and clearly not all <clears throat> that they're trying to just follow this script on well if he answers abc then we know he's not our guy it sounds like you're more conversational finding out who the human being is and it's not the wonder like test it's Let's just find out about the kid. Do you think it's skewing that way, though? More analytical, more psychology than it than it used to be? Well, I mean, it, it always has had that. I mean, it's always been, you know, you've always heard about the teams that did that kind of, uh, you know, the, the written stuff. And the, I'm not sure what they got out of it. I'm not sure what the answers led to. But, I mean, again, it gets down to watching them on the ice and, yeah. and uh, you know, le learning about them that way. And, and you can learn stuff. We did have, um, when I was with Dallas for uh, – for 18 years, we did have a sports psychologist and we would send uh, some of our top, you know, the guys that we were, once we had it honed down, okay, we were like these five guys or these 10 guys are going to be in our, we would send him, them to the psychologist, sports psychologist. And he was very good. He was, he was really unique. Uh, the information that he gave us. And it was a lot of it was like, say for your European players, he was like, this Russian player is never going to adopt to North America. And this guy's going to really be able to adopt. Like he was really, 
bang on and all that stuff. And, you know, you only get to draft so many of them. But when you look back at some of the players that, that we, we didn't get to draft, say a Russian player, we didn't get to draft. And sure enough, the team that drafted him, they had a hard time ever getting him over wow. here. And he never he never adopted. And he never, <clears throat> so, you, so you can get, you know, a sports psychologist can give you that kind of information. Um, and, and, and he can he can he was pretty good at being able to say, like, uh, this guy's, he's not a true competitor. Like he's, he's a fake competitor, whatever, you know, like stuff like sure. that. And it was, it was pretty good information. And, uh, over the years, I, I would say that it was valuable. Um, we, we didn't, uh, it was very expensive to do. If we didn't do a ton of players, like I said, we'd do maybe, uh, 10 to 15. We kind of honed in on the guys we wanted, but there's teams doing that stuff and it's valuable stuff. So, but just the basic interview, what you're going to draw out of the kid. It's just a matter of uh, getting, you know, getting to know the kid and just uh, seeing what kind of a personality he had. Because I've always said too, like the players come in all different kinds. There can be a kid that his personality might rub you the wrong way, or he might not quite. Doesn't matter. There's guys in the NHL that are like that. There's guys on every team that are, you know, you're not going to hit it off with everyone. They're not going to be the perfect personality that you want, but they're good at good NHL players. So you might want to just uh, look past some of that and make sure you and and not go by them, you know, just because of some interview. Does any of the physical testing at the combine matter? Like, has that ever swayed an opinion on a guy? Um, not for myself and not for my, the group that I've worked with. I think that it's good in for like, like the JPs and, um, yeah. you know, the, the, the strength it's good for them because they get to get a base on where these players are. You know, they get to see them when they're 17 years old and, and, and they get to see them, uh, do all go through all these exercises and and get the results from them they say they can look at the charts and just say okay he needs work here he need and it gives them a baseline to to work out out from but um again i'll say it again like they come in all shapes and sizes you know and and so um some some of them some of these players are are 17 going on 14 and some of them are 17 going on 21 you know so they're all at different stages of their development so the results are all going to be different and you can use the results in a, in a sense to maybe try and project, you know, so a guy that doesn't score very well, it's like, okay, he's got lots of room to improve in that area. Right. You know, somebody that's like fully, fully mature, fully developed. It's kind of like, okay, you know, they're, they're at their, almost at their peak. Right. Because, um, you know, again, between, between 17 and 25, man, you get so many different levels of, physical maturity and, and stuff so you gotta you know you gotta be careful and you, and you can you can get that out of it you can kind of try and figure out where they are on that physical maturity uh um timeline you know well we're gonna put you at the draft table for the coyotes for this year and they've got tim they've got 12 <laughs> picks in this year's draft so two questions one have you ever been involved in a draft where you had 12 picks and what's the fewest picks you've made? Because I've seen guys and you've seen GMs when you get there, we're expecting to make three picks and they trade them away and you end up with, with one or two. So the most and the fewest you've ever made. Well, I started way back when. I think the the draft had 11 rounds when I first started. Oh, so you and, did uh, have that so, many picks. Yeah, I don't know that we ever had 11, but we had probably nine or 10 or close to it anyway. So, so yeah, so you did back then, but then you're talking like 11th round or 10th round or whatever. So, you know, you just at that point you're just kind of you know taking yeah, a shot in the picking dark. names but, out of a hat yeah but yeah no there's been years in the seven round draft i think we've had nine as many as nine and uh, i think uh we had as few as like four or five one year uh, in dallas but uh so yeah it's i mean the, the, the scouts for the for the uh coyotes right now are you know they're in a 
it's a great time for them because having, <laughs> yeah. have, you know, having scouts, it's like you, I've always said, it's, you, you know, you can go to a dartboard and uh, if somebody gives you four darts, it's not as much fun as if they give you nine darts and, and the <laughs> yeah. scores are going to, you know, the scores are going to be the same type of thing. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have those picks. And I'm sure the, the coyotes, uh, you know, they'll be at another stage down the road, hopefully when, uh, you know, when, when they're doing the other thing, they're trading picks for players, you know, so um, take advantage of it and, and have fun with it. Cause it's a, uh, it's it's no fun when you go to the draft with three or four picks. That's for yeah. sure. It's it's a lot of fun when you got nine or ten or whatever they twelve. That's, that's yeah. crazy. crazy. So that's, that's yeah. It's fun stuff for the scouts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also had Daniel Winnick on our show earlier this week because he was a ninth round pick for the Coyotes back in 04. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about nailing later round picks. So I'm curious for you, just in your career, either with Dallas or Arizona, what you would consider the best late round pick that you've ever been a part of making? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. I mean, there's always um, late round picks. I mean, that we got... Um, I, I think Jamie Ben in the fifth round. We got uh, Mike Smith in the fifth round. You know, wow. longtime Coyote goaltender. When I was with Dallas, we got him in the fifth round. We got um, Connor Garland in the fifth round. We got um, John Klinberg in the fifth round. So we had some good success in the wow. fifth round. Um, uh, UC Yokin in this in the sixth round. He had a pretty good career. He was a, he was a sixth round pick. Yeah, and uh, any player you get in those rounds, it's 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 a uh, it's a bonus. You know, it's just like it's it's a lot of fun trying to trying to get players and i think it's probably more satisfying for scouts when you uh you get players in those rounds you know so um it's it's a big part of it you, there's only going to be probably three or four players fifth sixth seventh round there's only gonna be three or four of them that end up playing in the NA. so if you can get one of them you're ahead of the 27 or 28 other teams you know so it's it's uh, quite a bonus to be able to get those players Absolutely. Well, Tim, we can't thank you enough for your insight. I think that all eyes are on the draft in a couple weeks, especially for Coyotes fans. With everything else going on, it's nice to just talk about the the future, the future. on the ice. Yeah. Um, so we do. We appreciate your insight, and um, you're welcome on our show anytime. So thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much, and uh, let's uh, wish the Coyotes all the luck in the upcoming uh, draft. Awesome. Thanks so thanks. much, Tim. Thanks, appreciate Tim. it. All right. Yep. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thanks again wow. to Tim Bernhardt for joining us. Um, I mean, he just has years of experience. He's been a director of amateur scouting since 1999, first for Dallas, then for the Coyotes um, for, I think, four or five seasons. So he, he's been there, and it's really interesting to hear from him. Uh, we'll talk more about what he had to say. But for him now as a retired scout, he just gets to put his feet up, yep. sit on the couch, and I hope when he made but the trip. But he's not getting it there. Well, I hope when he made the road trip from his Packed winter home to Ontario, he drove, packed some Four Peaks, four because peaks. he can just kick his feet up, yep. drink a Four Peaks. He's not stressing. Is no. my guy going to be there? Nope. Like, no, nope. nope. He probably needed it when he was at the draft table, too. H, Yeah, he's he's in HK mode. HK mode. And I love that for him. Yep, HK um, Four Peaks. Yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> thank goodness for Four Peaks. They've gone through us through a lot and if you're here in the valley during the draft if you're not coming to nashville with us enjoy a four peaks beer while you watch the draft it'll be i think earlier in the day here like four o'clock in yeah. the afternoon like head to perfect. the A street pub yeah perfect time yeah head down to the A street pub um, location in four peaks check them out amazing food amazing drinks as well and you can buy four peaks wherever you buy your beer you can check out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery you must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly um alternatively you can take an ogs and watch the nhl draft um you oh, know oh. i don't know how that would work don't but tempt me. 
<laughs> check it out um but seriously OGs, amazing they have unbelievable flavors they have all sorts of different strains for whatever you need the aquaberry sleep edition gummy they have the strawberries and cream happy balance gummy gummy mixed bags of the fruits and the creams our favorites you love the orange group skull i love the blackberries and cream we got pink lemonade dropping on june 21st so that's right around the corner and uh if you're if your dad's into that sort of thing seriously never been easier to cross father's day shopping off your list so check out ogs online at ogsbrands.com and on instagram at ogsbrands you can also find their products at your local dispensary but you must be 21 or older to purchase all right well thanks again to tim bernhardt um just really great insight he was part of some i mean even the guys he mentioned in that all those late round picks jamie ben connor garland like that's crazy but he's been there he's done that and it was cool to get a little peek inside to what could be going on at the Coyotes draft table. And one of the things, though, when he's talking about the number of picks that he made, one thing that I think we will address as this carries on for the Coyotes is having 12 picks in a seven-round draft is a lot of picks. A lot. And they've got four in the third round this year. I I think it's something we're going to have to ask when we get closer to the draft and we're going to talk to Bill Armstrong. What are the plans with those? Like, to make 12 picks... I, I guess personally, I don't see them making all twelve. I, they they're they're gonna move. Like, I feel more confident saying that, and I don't mean six or twelve. Yeah, I think those they picks can make like smaller moves. But I'm not even sure. And don't be surprised. One of the things Tim said: if there's players they really, really want, they have enough draft capital to either move up or at six. If you think. If you've got your eye on a player, and and I, we're talking like we don't think Will Smith's going to be there. We don't probably at, not at six. Yeah. Now, if Will Smith, if they have an inkling that Will Smith's available at six, they may keep the six pick. But if, and I'm just speculating here, if they're picking, if they really have their sights on a defenseman that they think, gosh, I don't think anybody's going to take him. Maybe we'll go to eight, and not only will we get we trade our six, we pick up eight and another second round. Yeah, like I, th- there's so much available to bill armstrong in this year's draft having that many picks especially those third round picks are really valuable those are still players that are going to be an impact player in the national hockey league at the third round yeah so i i don't think they're making 12 picks well and the other thing that we didn't mention is they could parlay this year's picks into picks for next Next year year. because we're still in the rebuild we're still stocking the cupboards and like to mention hopefully we eventually get to the point where they're sellers rather or seller sellers for picks i guess yes. um rather than buyers like they are right now but but bill armstrong wants to stock the cupboards and he has come on our show and said it's not about picking all the guys it's about also using it for capital um and not just to invest in future picks but to invest in players as well like look how many trades are made for draft picks um and he has a ton in his arsenal so i think this is going to be a fascinating draft i also was really interested in what tim had to say about going for a defenseman at 12 um that's going to be really interesting but at this point like i'm not even confident in saying they're picking six and 12 like so many things could happen. It's yeah, crazy. this is different. This this one feels different to me than it than even last year. I know Shane Wright fell, but there's so much. I think the Matt Bay Mitchkov piece. I think do you're looking for a defenseman like, and we've heard Reinbacher to um, San Impelica are both guys that come up. It could be in the top five. Like there's so many questions from three to fifteen that the Coyotes could come away with this draft with very, very, very good hockey players yeah. that will be impacts when they come through this. I I, I just, I remember when, when Bill Armstrong was here and we talked about this draft with 12 picks, he said what you have to look for is not just getting them now, but 
building that that cupboard full for years and years to come. But because what happens and you look at teams like the L.A. Kings or even now the Vegas Golden Knights that you trade away those picks to win now. And then L.A. went through years of, gosh, they don't have any young talent. Vegas just traded away Krebs, some of their future talent. St. Louis went through that when they won the Cup. The Rangers gave up some of their picks to make a run this year at, at Kane and Tarasenko. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to have those picks for the next several yeah. years. So you can use picks, but you don't use all your picks. You're yeah. not going into a draft with only three or four. So I think there's an opportunity now to move some of those picks so that they can have those future picks. Yeah. Well, speaking of defensemen, um, we're going to highlight one for our prospect spotlight of the day. Every day leading up to the draft, we're spotlighting a prospect. And PD and I are not prospect experts, but we rely on the ones who are for the scouting reports. And we're going to focus on Swedish defenseman Tom Wielander. I think it's I don't know if it's Wielander or Wielander. Wielander. I don't know. Listen, if the Coyotes draft him, I promise I'll we will get learn his it. Name. We'll learn it. Um, he's a 6-1, 180-pound defenseman, um, and he's kind of one of those guys mentioned when you hear defenseman in this draft, it's Ryan Bacher, it's him, it's Sandy and Pelica, and any yep. order, those three. But he's right there. So for the Coyotes picking at 12, if they do decide to go the defenseman route, Wielander could be their guy. What do you know about him? Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting pick because when you hear talk about the th- top three defensemen, in this draft, his name always comes up. His stock really rose in the under-18 tournament for Sweden this year. He's a guy that logs a lot of minutes. When he was in the finals against the, the Americans and the U18 championship, he played 30-plus minutes. So he's the guy on the defensive side that's playing against Will Smith and Gabe Perot. He's the guy that's getting those big minutes against the best opponents that the other team has to offer. So this is a kid, one, he can eat minutes. Two, he's got a little bit of grit to him. And when we talked about Sandy Pelica. He was more of a pure skating offensive guy. Wielander is a guy that can play both sides. He's a little grittier. He's a little stronger, a little tougher. I won't say at 6'1", he's a big, mean defenseman, but he can go into the corners and dig out a puck. He's going to be more of a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something when we talk about the Coyotes and we talk about their needs at defense, I, I think this is a guy, this is a name you need to know. I, I, He will definitely, I shouldn't say definitely, we don't know. <laughs> He's a guy that could be there at 12. Yeah. Well, Anders, a defenseman that I think could be available at 12. Um, he will absolutely be there at six. So if they love him, love him, you could see him in that spot. I still believe there's going to be a forward, and it's 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 funny that that's what Tim thought as well, and, and the defense for the second pick. I think Will Anders, a guy that definitely could be there at 12, and I think with he's a grittier defending defenseman, I think it's something that Bill would be interested in that fits his mold. So he's a name that you definitely need to know. Yeah, for sure. And when Corey Prodman was on our show um I think last month or the month before he said he competes well. He's an excellent, excellent skater. Good, not great offense. Um, Some of the same things were said about Jake Sanderson in his draft year, and that's worked out well so far. So that's what Corey Pronman had to say about Wheelander. Definitely an interesting defensive prospect to keep your eye on Um, as a Coyotes fan. And again, his, his size being a little over six feet. A lot of the guys we've been talking about have been, yeah, that five ten five yeah, that five ten five eleven. So, you know, Wheelander, he he fits in that over six foot mold. So yeah, he's six foot one. Really he's he can grow. I mean, he's at one eighty now. But we even Tim said that they, you know, they they're going to grow and they're going to put a muscle and they're going to get to in with the strength and conditioning guys. So I think he can be a guy that's going to play closer to the two hundred six one two hundred. Um, I, I think this is a guy that 
You've talked about Mosier. You talk about Bellamaki. They have some young defensemen that right now are playing power play minutes. This is a guy that could also be in a top four, top four situation for the Coyotes. I like Willander a lot. I think this is a guy that will focus on. I don't think Ryan Backer will be there at 12th. So when you're looking at defensemen, I think this is a player that could be there. And I, I you, you go back to what Craig Button said. He's, his style of play translates to the NHL. So it's somebody you need to know. Absolutely. Should be extremely interesting, as as we keep saying. And we will be there in Nashville. Um, a group of you listening are going. But for those not, we will have full wall-to-wall draft coverage and continue to talk about the draft. Next week, um, Craig will be back, finally on Monday um, on our show. And I know he has some stuff in the pipeline ready to go on the story side that I I know a lot of you have been looking forward to. So stay tuned for that. Um, but become a diehard. In the meantime, you can join our family, join our Discord, get 20% off merchandise, get 20% off on events, get access to Craig's diehard-only pieces on the website as well. Um, so just tons of perks to being a diehard. Um, and check out phnxlocker.com. The, I know Father's Day is literally Sunday, but we have a Father's Day sale going on right now. Buy one, get one, half off all shirts and hats in phnxlocker.com. So, you know, you could just say to dad, hey, your, your gift's on its way. It's just a little late. It's okay. You can pull that I card. from a dad. We don't care. Yeah. If you send me a card saying it's coming, yeah. at least you thought of me. Perfect. So do it. So check out phnxlocker.com and make sure to take advantage of that offer to day um another thing you could do for your dad this weekend is maybe take him to illegal pete's i can see you and jackson yeah, doing that easily I, uh, yeah I, I can definitely see jackson and i doing that enjoy some margs actually that's not a bad sit idea. at the bar watch some baseball that's actually a really good idea you're welcome to do jackson. It saturday though because he's got to travel that's okay so. um and illegal pete's if you can't make it sunday you can stop by from margarita monday on monday um exclusive to arizona locations three dollar margs all day every monday Nothing brightens up that Monday mood more than soaking up the sun with a few margaritas. And don't forget about Taco Tuesdays. $2 tacos all day every Tuesday. Enjoy your favorite chicken, pork, and veggie tacos for just 2 bucks. So swing by and start your week off the right way at Illegal Pete's. All right. It is Friday. And also, by the way, we haven't even come out and said this. This We are recording this on Thursday. Um, Why? Because I, I am actually in New York right now. As you were watching this, Craig's in Europe. You're in New York. What the hell? At least your house is done. Oh no, you're you're painting stuff. Yeah, I got <laughs> to get back to work after this show. Oh yeah, no yoy. good. But yeah, so trans full transparency. So that's why we're not answering yes. all the comments. Yes, yeah, we want to be transparent. And you might be thinking, Leah, you wore that shirt yesterday. Um, you're right, but I'm wearing it again because we are recording back to back. Okay. We just we just want to be transparent and open. Yes. But um, let's start with should we do. 10 days of Tootsies first, or do you want to do weekend binge first? Let's do weekend binge okay. first. What do you got? I know you had something new in the pipeline. Yeah, I, I went to Amazon Prime, and I know it, it, it should be on BritBox, but it's not. It's called Deadlock, and L-O-C-H, like the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, okay. So it's Deadlock, and what it is, it's a half-hour, very dark comedy okay. on police detectives trying to solve a murder. But it is, it's it's dark, like it's... But it's funny, and they're actually trying to solve a murder. And I, I, I'm a couple episodes in, and this is not family friendly. Okay. There's there may be some full frontal male nudity in the first two minutes. Oh. It's a corpse. It's a corpse, <laughs> but he's buck naked. So 
I don't want to give anything away. She might actually drop a cigarette and light his junk on fire. But that's, oh my god! Spoiler yeah, alert! That's in the first two minutes, so it's not really the plot. But it's funny. It's called Deadlock. It's on Amazon Prime. Try something different. Expand your horizons. Um, it's funny and it's it's also uh, a murder mystery. I love that. I feel so lame. Do you love I have it? what? You love that. Got me. Uh, I feel lame. I really have nothing new. I'm still watching Silo. It kind of dipped for me. It's getting better again. Um, I really want to try the one we talked about last week, the Tom Holland new one on Apple TV. So I might download that for the plane. But yeah, I've just been reading this. um, Reading? I've been reading a lot. I'm reading this (sighs) post-apocalyptic book series. It's seven books. I'm on book four. No. No. I'm on book five. I don't remember. Does it come an audiobook? Maybe I would do that. Maybe. I think so. Um, but it feels here. like reading just one long book. Oh. So it's like, it's fine. It's not my favorite book I've ever read, but I'm I'm entertained. I don't even know what it's called. I'm so sorry. It's, it's a great it's review. Called, I think yeah. it's called, Edge of, it's like the Edge of Collapse series or something. If you just like want a passive read about like a post-apocalyptic thing, go for it. Sean, do you have anything? I got nothing. Yeah, I'm still watching Shameless. Um and Excellent. I love that show. So I'm, I'm still in the middle of that. I really need to start The Idol, the weekend's new show. Oh, we talked about that yeah. last week. Yeah. yeah. I really want to see that. And then in the spirit of reading, I've been reading Moneyball, oh. finally. Uh, really enjoying that. And then I have a book about the Negro Leagues I have to read after that. So if I, I doubt I'll get through Moneyball this weekend. But if I do, I have a, a book on the Negro Leagues next. Love it. Let us know in the chat. <laughs> what? You love it. God dang it. <laughs> Let us know in the chat what you're watching um, because I clearly need recommendations. I come with nothing new to offer. However, the new Love Island just started it this hidden? week. It's uh, but so I there's people like Michaela. She watches it with like a VPN where she makes her computer think it's in the UK and like watches it oh. in real time. I wait for it. I wait the two weeks for it to come on Hulu. So. Get ready, everyone, because in two weeks, I'm back on the Love Island UK train, and can't that wait. will be my weekend binge every day, can't every wait. week for two months. Yeah, actually, I can't wait. Um, all right. Well, on the subject of fun, let's move on to 10 days of Tootsies. I think today's day four. This would be five, because this is Friday. Did you start on Monday? Uh, yeah. Oh, all right. 10 days of Tootsies. What do we got? We are going to hockey legend. This is more of about the person in the picture okay. than actually Tootsie's background. This is Tootsie's with Grant Fear. Oh, Grant Fear, oh my God, Stanley Petey. Cup champion. <laughs> yeah, look at it. I got the flow going. Yeah, oh my I don't God, have a beard. The glasses. And I, yeah, it's it's a long time ago. <laughs> but Grant Fear, a star goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, yeah, and that's legend. He, he he enjoyed himself some Tootsie's too. So that's Grant Fear at Tootsie's and day five of Tootsie's and we will be in Tootsie's in less than ten days. And that's Thank ten goodness. days of Tootsie's. Wow. With Grant Fear. That is an unreal selfie PD, I hey, gotta be honest. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's really cool. There he is. Ten days of Tootsies. Look how good he is. Yeah. No, he looks amazing. He's, he's a legend. Now. He's golfing now. He's yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's go-karting. he's golfing today. Maybe it's go-karting because Father's Day is coming. What better place to go? Okay. Amazing. Amazing Father's Day activity because... It really is. When you think of Octane Raceway and Mavericks, you might think, oh, it's just go-karting or it's just... Bowling? Bowling. No. Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, food and drinks. There's like... 10 bars in this place. There are bars everywhere, but I'm not axe throwing. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Um, Sharp objects. There's bars. There's TVs everywhere. The food is amazing. They have four peaks on tap, by the way. Yes, they do. Um, So check out Octane Raceway and Mavericks, and there's free bowling for kids all summer. Kids 15 and under are eligible for two 
free games each day. So check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com. That's a great idea more. for Father's Day. Amazing. If idea. you have a 15 or under, they can bowl for free. Yeah. And that could be their Father's Day present. Yeah. And make dad pay. But that's <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, you know, when brilliant. you're that age, love you it. don't have a job yet. It's fine. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh my God. I said it because you said it. I know. Love it. Love it. We're going to get it. it. I, we're going to get you a t shirt that says, I love it. Just yeah, like, I suggest you just lean into it heavy lean into the it, other yeah. way. Say love it like every other sentence. Like, yeah. like it's um, cold stone. Mike Lucan right here. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, Petey, anything else before no, we head I'm, out for I'm, the I'm, Craig's coming back finally. I will say that Craig's back Monday and he keeps threatening to start writing stories again and then he just doesn't. <laughs> so he's he did say, he did tell us on his arrival back that he's going to spend some time writing. So expect some... He has like good stories in the yeah, pipeline. So like, you're stuff, going to be happy. Yeah. There's some stuff coming next week from Craig when he gets back. So I'm looking forward to getting him back in the show and hearing a little bit about his trip uh, on Monday. And honestly... Uh, I'm really getting excited about the draft. And I know I we jest about going to Tootsies and having fun in Nashville. The reality is this is a draft that could change this franchise. And the number of picks that they have over the first three rounds is impressive. And, and this could change the face of the franchise forever if they pick them right and develop them right and get them in the lineup. So I think the closer we get to this draft, and, and I know we Connor Bedard, but Chicago's going, okay, we drafted Connor Bedard. What else are they going to talk about? We literally have no idea. And, and that's fun. And I, that is fun. I love that. The mystery. I love the mystery. I, I think it's. I think it's really cool. So I'm. I'm excited to see what direction this goes. There's more intrigue for Coyotes fans on draft day than even a year ago. 100. percent Yeah. So two picks in the top 12, I think, bodes well, and it's going to be fun to watch the drama unfold. And and Sean and I will be there live talking about it. So if you want to have a second screen going during the draft, um, Sean and I and Shane are going to be. Yep. In Nashville live. Love it. I'm done. I'm done. I know. All right. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all so much for watching. Um, Hit the like button on this video. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on audio, leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitter at SPetersHockey, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan. Tell him I can't wait for you to be back. Um, At Sean underscore to pause. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back live all next week, 11 a.m. Monday through Friday with Craig back in the fold. Excited for that. And thank Thank you again to Tim Bernhardt for joining us earlier. Great, great stuff. Everybody enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend and we will see you all on Monday.